this house and online. Our online viewers, if you are Father, happy Father's Day to you. At this moment, if you are in need of prayer, just start posting or putting your the prayer or your name or a, some type of emoji in the box. And at prayer time, we will be praying for you or praying with you. So at this moment, we want you to stand with us. It's time to worship. It's time to praise. It's time to magnify the Lord. There is victory in this house. There is victory in Jesus. And we proclaim it today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify Jesus this morning. Let's magnify Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands this morning. Come on, I'm not hearing you. Let's clap our hands. Just hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. You are our champion. Hallelujah. You are victorious, Jesus. We bless you. I've tried so hard to see it, took me so long to believe it, you choose someone like me to carry your victory, perfection could never earn it, give what we don't deserve you take the broken things and raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence, I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Now I can finally see it, you're teaching me how to receive it. So let all the striving cease. Oh, this is my victory. You are my champion. Giants fall. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won. conquered it all. We bless your name. Let me see when I lift. When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority. Hallelujah. 
Jesus has given me. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. I have the authority. Jesus has given me. When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority. Oh, Jesus has given me. Every battle you won, sing I yeah. I am who you say I am. Oh, you crown me. You crown me with confidence. I'm seated in the heavenly place, undefeated by the power, by the power of your name. I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated. With the one who has conquered it all. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for having the victory. We thank you, Lord, for being in control, Jesus. Everything is done by the power of your name, Jesus. We bless your name. We bless your name. You really conquered it all. You conquered death, hell, and the grave, Jesus. You are who you say you are, Jesus. You are who you say you are, Jesus. We bless your name. Oh, there's nothing left to prove. There's nothing left to prove. You really did it, Jesus. You really did it for me. You really did it for me, Jesus. I bless your name. I bless your name, Jesus. I bless your name, Jesus. I give you all the glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sing when I lift, when I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing. I have.
worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Can we put our hands together and most importantly open our mouths and give our worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You are worthy God. You are our champion. Blessed be the God and Father who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are here by the grace of God, saints of God. And I give him praise. I give him honor. I give him glory. We want to say happy Father's Day to every father that is here present. Can we put our hands together for our men, to our godfathers, to our uncles, to those who have been just fatherly-like in the lives of children and lives of people. We give you praise, whoever you are, culture, background, it doesn't matter. If you're a man and you did your responsibility, you are a great man in the sight of God. And if you serve him, you're even very much more important because we need more men to stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. And be in their rightful place in the kingdom of God. We want to pray today that God will bless us. God will just just continue to enjoy the presence of the Lord. And continue to worship him as he is worthy of all the praise. If those who are watching, of course, you've made your comments known on our social media platforms. And even those who are watching on YouTube or Facebook. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray God to heal you. We're going to pray for all the men that are across the world that need healing in their hearts their minds, and that God will continue to strengthen them. And those who are here, let's lift our hands towards the Lord, and let us pray to God for God's blessings today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you this day. We give you praise and honor because you are God. Father, for allowing us to be here in this atmosphere amongst your people, oh God, we thank you, God, for another day. We thank you, God, for this special day to honor fathers across the world, across America. Lord God, we pray, Lord God, every man. We pray for every, Lord God, boy. We pray that the inspiration of God's power and his spirit will fill men to worship and serve God. And let's, Lord God, not forget our families. We pray for families today. We pray for the healing of our families. We pray for the restoration of our families. We are praying every single thing that the enemy has tried to take to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let it be restored a hundredfold, sixtyfold to our families. We believe God today. Let us put our hands together, saints of God. Let us worship the Lord. Let us cry out with a shout unto God because he has healed us. He has set us free. And because of his blood, we have the victory in Jesus' name. God bless you. Hallelujah. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together. Let's continue to praise him. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. 
There's no one like you. None like you. If you know the words, help me sing it this morning. Into the darkness you shine. And out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Sing our God is, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God. How great 
is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. Hey. Everybody lift it up. Sing how great, sing how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Worthy of you are worthy of our praise, and my heart will sing. And my heart say will how sing. great, how great is our God. God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Feel like having church this morning. Ah. Sing, you're the name, you're the name above all names. You are worthy of. You are worthy of our praise. And my heart will sing how great, how great. He really is a great God. 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 I know him to be great. He really is a great God. 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 I know one to be great. He really is a great God. He really is a great God. You're the name. You're the name above all names. You are worthy of our praise. And my heart. And my heart. God. He really is a great God. He really is a great. He really is a great God. He really is a great God. I don't want to be great. He really is a great God. He really is a great God. He really is a great. He really is a great God. He really is a great God. Sing the name above all names. You are worthy. You are worthy of all And my heart and my heart will sing. How great he really is a great God say He really is a great God He really is a great God He really is a He really is a great God He really is a great God He really is a great He really is a great God He really is a great God He really is a great He really is a great God He really is a great God That's who you are That's who you are That's who you are that's who you are, that's who you That's who you are, 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 That's who you are. 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 That's who you
seconds and just worship the Lord in this place this morning. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you this morning, oh God. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Amen. And can we praise the Lord, everybody, if you can? Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord, everybody, if you can. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone. God bless you. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Amen. Another beautiful day that the Lord has made. Amen. We want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are in the house this morning. Amen. And I'm, I'm so proud this morning. Um, not only that I'm a dad, but I'm a grandpa, you know. <laughs> my grandson is in the house, you know. So, amen. I'm honored to have my grandson in the house this morning. Amen. God has been so good to us. God has been so good to us, church. The, the Bible led us, the song, the praise and worship just sung, um, is, uh, that scripture is taken from Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And it said, the gate of hell shall not prevail against the church. And whenever you are doing anything in the will of God, regardless of what you're going through, if it's health, if it's financially, or if it's mentally, whatever it is, we have a God that will protect you, will keep you, for the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And when you're standing in the will of God, everything is going to be all right in the church of God. Amen. And we're so glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise God with us. Amen. Oh, God is truly a great God and mighty God. He's worthy of all the praise and all the honor this morning. And we have all right to praise Him this morning. I was watching everyone worshiping God this morning, and I'm seeing from the youngest uh, to the oldest worshiping God this morning. I see little IJ running around praising God. I see Mama Allen doing her thing. Amen. I see Tony even doing his rock. You know, this morning, I see even Tony doing his rock. And whenever you're in the house of God, you got to worship God. Don't let nothing hinder you from getting your blessing. You're here because God brought you here. Not just to sit down, but to give Him all the glory and all honor. God bless you. Continue to worship the Lord because He is great and greatly to be praised. Brother Tom, come on up with a few announcements. Amen.
Good morning, church. This morning I said I don't take that lightly. The church is not a building. The church is here. The church is there. We're so grateful online that you're with us. I want to share um, the fact that uh, Pastor has put out um, a request. He'd like to hear from all of us about suggestions. And so we have a suggestion box, which this morning I forgot to move it from there to there, but the suggestion box is in the back of the house. Pastor has requested that as we're gathering steam for the move that's ahead, because we're going to move, the church will not fail if we follow the Lord. We are going to move into this new property. We've got the youth variance, and we're getting ready to go. So as things begin to uh, sort of change or things begin to um, shape differently, we'd like to hear your suggestions. So the, there's paper there. Um, all you need is a pen. Uh, the pastor is the only one who looks at those. We would very much like for you to make a contribution. Those of you online, send it to the pastor as a text. Send it to him as, a, as an email. Um, call me, and I'll make sure it happens. The next community outreach is going to be um, this coming Saturday on the 25th. This is our opportunity to go out into the community to make a difference one soul at a time. That's part of the whole movement that we're creating is that we need to be able to get out and let them know that we're here, that we're the resource that they're looking for here in Hamilton. And then finally, uh, there's been a conversation that's been ongoing inside the district. The district board has decided that they would like to have Sorry, I've got too many things in my hand. Um, the district board would like to be able to start a camp that will happen annually in the summertime. Um, and we're going to begin with um, three nights um, in July. It's about a month away. Uh, the 20th, which is a Wednesday. Thursday, the 21st. And Friday, the 22nd of July, we will, we will gather at a different church. And we will have a camp process hopefully developing within the next year or so to be able to have a place that's our own that we will gather every year and the whole body will be there. So just put that on your calendar. Have a great day. Amen. Come on, everybody. Praise the Lord another time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Everyone say it's offering time. Amen. Amen. This is a time of the service where we get a little blessing. Amen. And what I mean by that when you get a blessing, it's offering time. Amen. Uh, we are mandated to give 10% of our earning. Amen. Amen. And whenever the Lord bless you with your income, you know, you want to give back something to the Lord because that's the only way you're going to continuously get your blessing. Amen. So we're going to ask you to give a good offering this morning. Be a blessing this morning to the house of God. God will bless you if you do. Amen. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand. Remember, if you're paying online, you can go to www.myccc.faith. You can go to Cash App, the dollar sign CCC2711. Amen. And you can go to PayPal, the at sign Christ Center Church. Amen. And amen. If you're here and want to pay electronically, you can see Brother Jordan. Amen. If he's around, if not, you can see Sister Patrice. Amen. Feel free. Be a blessing. We have two ushers set up in the front. Feel free to give unto the Lord this morning. If you can, we're going to invite you one more time to stand with us. If you can stand, amen, as we pray and ask the Lord's blessing as we receive this morning's offering. I praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Bow your head as we pray this morning. Amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for your blessing that we already felt in this place. 
as we're about to receive this morning offering, Lord God. We ask you to bless every giver, those who have forgiven, those who have not likewise. Make a way that they too can be a blessing. And we give you all the glory and all the honor as we continue to worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God.
Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. We have so much to be grateful for today. Amen. Isaiah praising the Lord like he's just out of his mind. And daddy, you can't put no harness on the man. Let him praise the Lord how you want to praise the Lord. Please, just let him run if he want to run. We, you know, I don't know if you remember, um, Brother Isaiah, back in the day. We had songs for that. I feel like running, go ahead, on the devil's, I feel like dancing on the devil's head, right? Right, dancing, go ahead, I feel like shouting, go ahead. Let him go ahead and do what he wants to do. Amen. I.J., cut loose, I.J. Hallelujah. Then my grandson Jack's in the house, and he fall, he won't wake up. That's kind of a good thing, you know. You know, you're in church, and it's loud, and you're just still sleeping away. <laughs> Jackson is in the house for the first time. He's in church. I'm just happy about that. Amen. Daddy proud. Mama proud. Grandpa proud. Grandma proud. You know, what's going on? <laughs> Everybody proud. Jackson's in the house. Amen. That is so wonderful. We're just excited about what God is doing. And then I saw Mr. Parker from the outside. He's in the house. Amen. That's my buddy, man. Mr. Parker is my buddy. So good to have you today, Mr. Parker. Amen. And uh, his son, Daryl, is keeping him um, fed with nice spicy sausage. So we're, we're, we're glad for that. Mm -hmm. We turned him on to the spicy sausage. And now uh, D got to make sure he brings spicy sausage to his dad. Hallelujah. That's just wonderful. You remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, the Barrett family brought their granddaughter, and um, she couldn't talk, hadn't talked for since birth, and we prayed for her. Well, they showed me a video with her talking, my, 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 all the place, and she was praising. God is good to us. God is good to us. He said he will confirm his word with signs following. And when his word go forth, if we will believe it and respond in obedience and faith, he will confirm his word. And so we thank God for that. I told him, bring her back. We'll keep on praying for her. We want to see her. And we're grateful for that. Um, Brother Scarlett, can you give Sister um, Joy the mic? She had something that she wanted to say. Um, and we want to hear what Miss Joy has to say today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, I know uh, this week you might have seen um, an award escalated all over the uh, <laughs> our uh, WhatsApp group. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really meant uh, for everybody to see, but um, I will not take it for granted to share what God has really done for me. Um, God did that for me, and um, I would like to share that one incident with you all, including the nurses in the house. Um, be, having been a nurse for many, many years, when I get into my car and heading to work, my prayer before I step into wherever it is, is I say, God, protect me from any incident or accident. In the unit, uh, help give me the grace and let the people that I will work with work with me and not against me. Because when we go in there, you, 
speak to a lot of people. Some are happy that you're there. Some are waiting to see a little mistake. They will sue you, and they will forget all you've done in the past. They may uh, uh, suspend your license. And for me, all I have known is nothing since 1985. I graduated as I graduated as a, I graduated as a and a midwife, 1987. So I went to work that day. Under normal circumstances, if a patient is on one-to-one in a psych hospital, those of them that work with me in the past will testify, you are supposed to be eyesight and length. That means you're supposed to know what is going on with that patient. So for whatever reason, I was making my first round. If you're a child, you make rounds every two hours. So I was making this round, and I came to the first room. If somebody is with somebody on one-on-one, I will not bother. I will just ask the staff, how is, my, how is the patient? If he says fine, I, w- I will move on. But on that day, mind you, this is a new place, Temple University. I didn't go there to look for a job. Somebody recommended me after the heart procedure I had. I said, no more two, two jobs. They called me. They asked me if I wanted to, if I'm still looking. I said, okay. I just started that job in August, and this thing was happening in September. I was making round. I asked the staff, how is Miss D? She said, oh, Miss Joy, I sat here five minutes ago, and she covered her head with comforter. And uh, I said, what? What? Because this lady is somebody you will hear has her voice all the way in the hallway. And she covered herself. You are sitting with her. You didn't hear her yell or scream for five minutes. And you didn't do anything. You're waiting for the nurse. I took aside this other staff that was making around and went straight to her. I uncovered her. Behold, this woman was blue. I did not know what to do. All I said, I said, Jesus, not under my watch. Jesus, come through to come, come forth. Take intervention. I called. I said, You call, call this call. I didn't know what I was doing. I forgot about that. I'm a nurse. I took off my shoes. I tried to lift that woman. I couldn't lift her up because I wanted to lift her up and place her on a hard surface and start CPR. I'm calling. I'm lifting. They helped me. I started CPR. Then another staff jumping and jumping when I tired. My my heart started pounding so hard. I'm saying, Jesus, not today. You woman, not here, not under my watch. We continued that until the rapid response came. That woman was gone. But as the good Lord will have it, they, we gave her injections. They intubated her, and we got back pulse. For the fact that that pulse came back, and they took her away to ER, they revived her. She started breathing. But after two months, she passed. Me, I will not take it for granted. Because if that woman had died, I would have found her dead. They would say Joy made round at 11.30. And Joy checked alive. So I don't know what I have done to deserve this. He saved me. He saved my license. He came through to me. So that award should be given to him, not me, because he, sa- he rescued me from the laughter that they would have said, oh, see, 
So to God be the glory. Amen. To God who did all that. Let the honor and glory be given to him in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> you, you, you know, that's in every situation. We can actually say, don't give me the credit. We might as well give it to him because he enables us. Whatever we do, he works in us and through us. And so all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor goes to the Lord Jesus because he so richly deserves it. It's him that's doing it. And it's not us. That's a wonderful, wonderful story there, Miss Joy, and we thank God for that. God is always with us. We just have to trust and believe and know that God is with us. Amen. We had a wonderful service this morning at our 9 a.m. service, and uh, we just are so glad for what God is doing. Amen. I will say this. I was able to um, uh, go to Detroit um, the past couple of days. I spent some time in Detroit helping to um, do some um, outreach in the community there. And um, I love um, the Detroiters, is what they call themselves. And um, they're some wonderful people. Um, the Northeast people, especially us that are probably from D.C., from Boston, we can go anywhere in the world and just do things and um, you know, get things done because of our personality. Um, everybody don't have the same personality like us. That's why it's hard for um, outsiders to come in this area and do, you know, a great work for God because the personality of people in the Northeast, especially from D.C., from Boston, it's no joke. We are just kind of, you know, brash or brash or, you know, just out there. And uh, we can be intimidating. Um, not We can be intimidating as opposed to being intimidating. And um, uh, sometimes people may be a little reluctant talking to us because sometimes we wear that face almost like, you know, don't talk to me. Um, but wherever you go in the world, um, you know, because we're used to that, we're accustomed to that, wherever we go, it just seems like it's always a little bit easier to talk to people. It's always a little bit easier to kind of, you know, start up a conversation with people because they seem a little bit more, you know, I don't know what it is, a little more lighthearted and a little bit more easygoing. But I was in Detroit just looking at all the uh, abandoned buildings and all the uh, just, you know, the issues and the struggles that they have. And I had mentioned this morning that Detroit is the only city in America that went bankrupt. Detroit. And, um, but the church there is doing some great things, and we thank God for it. And um, I was able to spend some time with them. But I want to tell you, one of the biggest things that the church um, is trying to do, the United Pentecostal Church is trying to do, in Detroit is to try to reach the, the, reach the city by providing not just the gospel. As we like to say, this might sound blasphemous, but the gospel saves, the gospel heals, the gospel delivers, but sometimes people just need practical teachings of things that they don't know. Sometimes people don't know how to handle money. They don't know how to balance a checkbook. Um, just the, it's so many things that we take for granted sometimes what we do in our everyday life in thinking that, well, everybody should know that. But that's not true. And so they're trying to do their best to go into Detroit and share the gospel with them. But in that, they're also trying to do other things for the community. So what they're trying to do a whole lot of is purchase property that can be for multi-purpose use so they can they would go and purchase a building and part of it might be used for daycare part of it might be used for the church 
Part of it might be used for after-school care. Part of it might be used to um, um, to to help the youth in, in in different areas. And so that's what their goal is right now. Our organization is to purchase um, property that are multi-purpose uses and and be able to give them Jesus, the gospel, but also some other things. And one of the reasons why I did get invited is because when they heard our story, um, um, Sister Patricia, you'll put up our building. When they heard our story, they said, wow, this is interesting that you all hadn't been a part of the conversation that is going on in Detroit, but here you are walking into something that we're trying to accomplish all across Detroit, which is purchasing a property like this that we're getting ready to purchase and use it as a multi-purpose use. As you know, this um, building is being used, part of it, as a ballet studio. We plan to have multi-purpose usage of it, plus we will have our church sanctuary that's big enough to accommodate um, our congregation size and more. And so it is very important that we move forward because, you know, I like those guys that I was with. Their conversations was this. We like to ask people, what do you do, just so we can, you know, kind of size them up. But they're asking this question, those folks that I was with over the weekend, they're asking the question of, what are you doing for humanity? What are you doing for humanity? And the church should be at the forefront of that answer. What are we doing for humanity? We're giving them the gospel, and we should. So not only that we're giving them the gospel, we, it, it's the most important thing that we, would, we should be doing for humanity, sharing the gospel with them, but also we need to teach them whatever skills that they lack, whatever understanding that they don't have, and help them to be better humans, help them to grow up and, you know, be productive in society. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as a people. So if we're Christians, real Christians, we have to ask ourselves that question. What are we doing for humanity? Are we just coming to church services, enjoying the blessings of God, being empowered by his spirit and all of this stuff that go on, and we just walk away and says, well, that was great. And I thank God for that, and it only impacts our life, and we're not impacting other humans with what we have. Very important that we think about that. Are we impacting other people with what God has entrusted in us, whatever God has given to us, whatever opportunity God has afforded us to have? What are we doing with it? Are we impacting other humans for the better, or we're just soaking it all in, take it all in for ourselves, and just live a good life for ourselves? We have to ask ourselves that. And as Christians, that should never be our position. As Christians, we should really and truly be sure that we are making a difference in humanity. We are, we are helping humanity for the good and not anything else. So I want you to think about that as you move forward as a Christian. Ask yourself, what are you doing to impact humanity? Not just your family, but humanity. Hurting people are all around us. People that need help are all around us, and all we have to do is just ask God to show us how we can be of help to humanity. This building that we're going to purchase is going to help us facilitate that even better, and um, I believe that God is helping us. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, <laughs> we had signed a contract to purchase this building knowing that the building was not legally able to house or to, to allow a house of worship to be inside of it. Uh, wherever a church worship, it must be approved by that township, that community, that city. 
And so when we signed the contract, we knew that. But we signed the contract predicated on that the township would have to grant us a use variance and change um, what it can be used for before we can make the purchase. And so that might have seemed a little bit like, wow, can't we get something better? Can't we do something different? And um, even in some instance, can't we get something smaller? And I know I've looked and I know I've called on the name of the Lord and say, Lord, you know, we, as a matter of fact, when we first started looking, I believe that 7,000 square foot was perfect for us, right? I said 7,000 square foot is great. And that's where I was looking for that never came. Then we went up to 10, said, all right, maybe 10,000 is good. And that never came either. And so this is what the Lord brought before us. And this is um, 16,000 square foot. And already have um, tenants in there that are paying um, a monthly um, um, lease for the property. And um, God has opened the door for us to now move forward with the purchase of the property. So we were granted the use variance last Tuesday at Hamilton Township. Not one of the board... Not one of the board voted no for the use variance. Everyone voted that, yes, give the church the use variance. And so now we move forward in the purchasing of the building. The building is $1.69 million. Um, weighing it um, with um, what the cost of living is in New Jersey and just, you know, all around, it's still a good deal because I, I've heard of smaller buildings than this for 1.5 and 1.6 that are much smaller than this. And um, not just in New Jersey, but in different uh, cities in America. So um, God has opened the door for us. And, um, you know, looking at IJ this morning just brought a little bit of tears to my eyes. Looking at Jackson this morning, you know, really it does. You know, my grandson is in the house. You know, my, you know all these little kids that are, are, are growing up, I realize. And I'm asking myself, and you need to ask yourself, what are you doing for humanity? And when we all come together and we will give for this and, and continue the work of God to go forward, we're saying these little kids that are running around, we are, we are making sure we establish a future for them. That's doing something for humanity. And so sometimes we don't realize what we are supposed to get involved with, but you can't get, a, you can't get into something any better than investing in the kingdom of God as God begins to stretch his kingdom to reach this entire world. And if you can give anything extra towards the purchasing of this building, please, we still have some ways to go to raise all of the money. We're getting there. Um, we've done well, but I think that we still need some more, and I believe that God will help us. But we need to do the very best that we can because we're not doing this for ourselves. We're doing this for the Lord Jesus Christ and for others that don't know him yet, but they will because they will have some place to go. And if the Lord tarries and we go on to be with him, we will have built up something that people can still come and get saved in. We don't know which one of these little kids will be the next pastor, which one of the, who's the next pastor of this church. We don't know that. We, we pray that that will come and that will happen. But we're establishing something that will continue to go on for all till Jesus returns. And so let's do everything that we can to give to see this vision um, come to a reality because I believe this is what the Lord has called us to do at this moment. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get into the reading of the word, and I um, hope that I didn't lose you in all of those talks and discussions and conversations and all of that stuff. But I don't get enough time sometimes to talk to you about things. 
Um, as you know, we used to have um, membership meetings on Sundays after church at different times. Then COVID happened, and we haven't done that. Then we try to do um, our Zoom family meetings, and so um, uh, when COVID came, so we did that for a little while. But we haven't just had time to talk and to you know have questions and answering and all of that stuff. And so um, you know, I just feel like I need to share as much as I can with you. You're a part of this church. You got to know what God is doing. And everything that we do in this church, we do it transparently because this is the kingdom of God. This is not my church. This is not anyone's church. It's all of our church. It's all of our church. And if all of our family are going to get saved here, then we need to realize that. I want to recognize a couple of guests with us before I start preaching. Victor and Amy Torres. Victor and Amy. Amen. Since I'm a little bit nosy, I was able to get a little bit of information outside when I met them. So I think they're originally from California, and then they moved to Virginia, and um, they just moved to New Jersey. Amen. How did you find us? Okay. So Amy's got it together. Victor, Victor pointed Amy like, he didn't even bother trying to tell her. Amy's got it. Well, thank God, Amy. Good to have you. And mom is here. And so mom is also here. Amen. Carolyn. Carolyn, nice to have you. Amen. Amy told you to come on too, mom. Oh, my goodness. Did you move here too, Mom, from California? Uh Uh-huh. Oh! How about that? You must be loving it, Amy. You must be, Mom, she came for first day, and it's been like three months now. (laughs) We welcome you to Christ-centered church. We're so glad that you're here. Amen. And um, I know the Lord led you here. And um, I hope you have been blessed so far. And I pray before you leave today, the word of God will bless you even more. And so we welcome you. Thank you for being here. And if there's anything at all that we can do, please don't hesitate to ask us. We will do everything that we can to make your transition and your walk in Christ to be the best it can be. Thank you for being here today. Amen. Let's thank God for that. Amen. Well, let's stand and let's get into the word of God. Those are preliminaries. I promise I do my best not to hold you much longer, but I believe um, what I have to say today uh, is a word from the Lord. And um, if you will listen carefully, uh, you will walk out of here better than when you first walk in. You will walk out of here better than when you first walked in. God will speak to your heart if you will just allow him to, and you will humble yourself this morning. And realize that God has something in store for you. Luke chapter 15. Again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Um, As I said this morning, um, you know, as I get older, I come to realize a lot of things. And and a lot of things do happen. And for some of us, we're, you know, happy and excited because our father's here. And, you know, we're celebrating our father. But for some, they don't have their father. And this day is more of a challenge for them. And so while some of you are happy and excited, you know, um, some are struggling. Some are struggling. And so I just want you to know, for those of you that are struggling, um, you know, God has got your back. God's got you. And um, just lean on him, trust him, and um, he will help you because it's not easy when 
you know, it, it's brought to the forefront of your mind that you no longer have your father. That's, that's what it is for some people. And so while many of us have our children with us or we have our father with us and we're able to enjoy that, and you should enjoy that, and it's a wonderful thing, but some are struggling today. So keep, you know, keep that in mind as we go through today. You know, just, you know, know that and um, be a blessing. You know, one of the things that we need to understand, which is part of what we experienced this um, past weekend, is this. And we're going to get to this. We're going to get to this as, uh, as a church. Many people from all over um, the country, even um, my guy, um, remember the guy that I told you about that his identity is, um, is hidden because of the evangelistic work he does in the Middle East? And he cannot be known, and he preached conferences. You know, they don't show his face and all of that stuff. Well, he was at this meeting, and I was so happy to see him and finally meet him in person, spoke to him. Such a humble guy. Um, but we had leaders from all over the world, all around the country, come together. And what we just established before we left, every person was able to talk to someone different to the point where we got to speak with everyone one-on-one where you learn about them. Tell me what you do. Tell me who you are. Tell me how you're serving humanity. And we all were able to talk. And by the time we left, this is what we were doing. You need to talk to her. Why? Because we started learning so much about each other and knowing who connected, who needed to know each other. And we network among ourselves. And there were entrepreneurs and business people and all kind of people together. And we were just talking and we were sharing what we have passion and desires for. And before you know it, everyone was just sharing what they had in their heart, and we were there to help one another. It was an amazing meeting. It's different than what we normally do um, as church, but I would like for our church to be that way, to, to, to interact with one another where we learn each other, what, what, what it's all about with each other, so that way we can know how to connect each other, and we can be a blessing to each other. We know what each other have need of. As opposed to just come into church, praise the Lord, good to see you, and then we hear the word and we go back out the door. That's not what God created us to do. He created us to connect, to interact, and to share with one another. Let's be that church that will do that and not just assemble ourselves just to hear God's word and to say praise the Lord to one another. That's not what we're here for. Remember, if we keep doing this thing right, we're going to spend eternity together. So we need to make sure we get it right. We really do. Not just, you know, exist. Amen. Luke chapter 15, verse number 11. Hallelujah. I, 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 I know. I know. My, my wife walked around this morning the same way, Sister Cheryl. And um, I understand. You know I do. I understand. That's just how it is. And um, that's life. Some of us um, can't celebrate like some of us today. Luke chapter 15, verse number 11. The word of God says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of good that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, somebody say all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. 
and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the huts that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. Whole lot is going on there, but I'm going to, with the help of the Lord, minister to you on this topic, the Father's house. Father, help us one more time. We present to you, Lord God, ourselves, humbly as we can, with our heart wide open, Lord God, because, Lord, we need a touch from you. We need to hear the word that will convict, that will correct, that will reprove and rebuke and edify. I pray this morning, Lord, that you will help us, that change will come deep within, Lord God, that motives will be changed, actions will be changed, the power of God will take a hold of us, and our life will never be the same. I pray for new beginnings for some people. I pray for restoration for others. I pray for deliverance for some. I pray, almighty God, that your power will move us to the place where we will understand that you are here to help us today. I pray that there will be a, a, a people that will humble themselves and that will respond in obedience and in faith. Lord, place me in the flow of your spirit. Use me as your oracle to speak and to rightly divide the word of truth. I ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap our hands unto the Lord. You may be seated. If you will give me just a few minutes to minister God's word this morning, the word that I have to speak is not my words, but is the word of God. And God wants to speak to your heart this morning. If you will let him speak to your heart, you will be changed. If you let God speak to your heart, you will experience newness in Christ. If you let him speak to your heart, you will receive answers to questions that you have. 
the father's house. According to Jewish law, an elder son received twice as much inheritance as the other sons. And a father could distribute his wealth during his lifetime if he wished. He did not have to wait till he was old, old, and couldn't do anything else to disperse his wealth. He didn't have to wait for him. He didn't have to wait to die and for the will to say who gets what. He could distribute, disperse his inheritance whenever he wanted to. It was perfectly legal for the younger son to ask for his share of the estate and even to sell it. But it was certainly not a very loving thing on his part. So as a son and you go go to your father saying, Father, I want my inheritance right now. I know you got some stuff saved up. And I know you're going to give it to me. I don't want to wait till you get old and sick. I don't want to wait till you die for no will to tell me what. Just give it to me right now, Father. Can you please? That's what the younger son did. And so he went to his daddy to give it to him. Now, he was free to do that. But that wasn't a loving thing. Father just shook his head. Nope, not a loving thing. (laughs) Daryl, don't try it. Uh, It wasn't a loving thing because what you're really saying in essence is, I wish you would just be dead. Because if you're dead, I get to get what I have, what you have for me. And so, you know, I want my stuff. Hmm. Not a loving thing to want your inheritance before the time. Because not having your inheritance usually means my father's alive and well. But having the inheritance really means he might not be around. (coughs) Thomas Huxley said, a man's worst difficulties begin when he's able to do, to do just what he likes. I'm going to say that again. I said it three times this morning because it seemed like it took about three times for it to sink in. Thomas Huxley said, a man's worst difficulties begin when he is able to do just as he likes. Isn't that interesting? And you know, most times as men, we like to say, just leave me alone. Let me do me. Let me just do what I want to do. But Thomas Huxley said, when you start doing that, guess what? It's the beginning of difficulties. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16 tells us, Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God had commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So by wanting your inheritance, that is not honoring your father. Give me my stuff. Not honoring them. Imagine the young son could not enjoy life with his father. And amid the restriction in the home, he clamors for his share of the inheritance, turns it into money, and set out. Church, listen to me this morning, what I'm trying to get out to you and what the Word of God is trying to tell us. 
this son left his father's house because in his mind, in his understanding, too many restrictions. He left his father's house because in his mind, guess what? I just want to do my own thing. The younger son dreamed of enjoying his freedom far from home and away from his father and older brother. He wanted to have his own way, so he rebelled against his own father and broke his father's heart. Within just a few days, the younger son was on his way. That was indicating that it was something in his heart a very long time that he wanted his stuff to get his inheritance, take his inheritance, flip it into money, and go and live the life that he wanted. It had to be something in his heart a long time till he finally got to the place where he went to his dad and says, Dad, ready for my inheritance. I know you're not old. I know you're not sick. I know you're not going to die anytime soon. I'm ready for my inheritance. Mm -hmm. He packed all his belongings and got as far away from the family as possible Traveling into a distant land, the young men had traveled outside Jewish territory. As a matter of fact, I tease um, some of the um, people around here that like to eat the, you know, the pig, the swine. Uh, I teased them this morning and said, listen, that boy had to travel so far away from Jer- Jewish territory to, 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 because J- Jews don't have pigs around them. They, they consider pigs to be unclean. I'm just saying that's their culture. I'm not saying pigs are unclean. That's their culture. And so, so for you to find some pigs, it had to be far away. He traveled far away. Trump, said amen to that, huh? The young man apparently had wanted to live his own way, be his own master, and get out from under the rules of his father's house. Money was his ticket out, so he took it and ran. The scripture says the young man took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Do you know what riotous living is? Riotous living is reckless living. Riotous living is extravagant living, wasting money. He lived on the wild side for a while, spending freely on whatever he chose. But then his money ran out, the inheritance. Whatever amount it was sustained him for a time, but it was not to the end. It was not an endless supply. You may have a little something, something that can sustain you. It's not an endless supply. The only person who have an endless supply is the Lord Jesus. I don't care if it's Elon Musk. I don't care if it's the Microsoft people. I don't care if it's the Walmart people. I don't care what, whoever it is. They don't have an endless supply. There's only one with endless supply. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that, uh, well, I'll get to that. There's always going to be a famine in your life. No matter how good it gets. There's a time where you're going to have great need in your life. No one will walk through this life and not experience a time of famine. Maybe more than one time you'll see um, famine in your life. But hear this. When the famine comes, where will you be? In the father's house 
or far away from the Father's house. When the famine comes, where will you be? In the Father's house or far away from the Father's house? Remember I told you, the Father have endless supply. Nobody else have endless supply. This text that we have read here is revealing something to us. It's revealing to us that this Father represents the Lord Jesus Christ. And these sons, the older son and the younger son, represents us as children of God. Mm -hmm. When you read how this father conducted himself when his son came to him, it's astonishing to see what the response was of his father. And we have to understand the ways of God because other times, oftentimes we try to think that God is supposed to be this way and that way. We misunderstand who God really is. And we need to come to a point of studying God, learning God, and knowing God. We have some ways of God in this text. It says here, he did not refuse to give his son the inheritance. Mr. Parker, our children come to us with that mess talking about giving my inheritance. And I'm still strong and young. I'm coming, get out of here, boy. You know how hard I work for this? You tell me that mess. But we're not Jesus. And the scripture tells us this man who represents Jesus, he did not refuse to give his son his inheritance. He gave it to him. Did Jesus know he was going to be careless with it? Yes. I hope I can get through this with my children. Help me, Lord. Help me. God just gave me a thought, and I got to get it to you. Not right now. In a little bit. So he did not refuse to give him the inheritance. He did not lecture his son. He didn't even try to keep his son from leaving. He did not keep him from doing what he wanted him, what he him son, what his son wanted to do. He didn't keep him from all that. He gave him everything. Again, we who are normal, natural men, we would have been like, oh, you crazy. As a matter of fact, get out of here. We'll put you out after that kind of ask. But let me tell you what God is trying to show us and what this father showed us. One of the confusing things about the Lord for some people is his refusal to step in and stop us from doing wrong. Our world today have refused to be Christians on this premise. If God was so great, why are you allowing all this stuff to go on? If God was so powerful, why, why, why don't he stop all of this crime and, and, and children being kidnapped and, you know, people just losing their minds and doing all this evil stuff? Why don't God step in and do something? And many people have refused to live for God because in their mind, what kind of God is he for allowing all of what's going on in this world? He's supposed to be powerful. He's supposed to be sovereign. He's supposed to have all power. Why is he allowing this? Easy answer. Not very hard. When God created us, he gave us what was called and known as free will. Not only did he give us free will, he told us was to have dominion over the earth. So he gave us free will and tell us to handle our business. 
he gave us a responsibility in case you missed it. So he said, I'm giving you the power of choice and a responsibility to choose what you must do. And because we don't want the responsibility or don't live up to the responsibility, we're blaming God. We won't live for God. We won't be a part of the church because we won't be responsible. Because God gave us the responsible to love one another. God gave us the responsibility of not bearing false witness against one another. Don't get me started. He gave us the responsibility of how to treat one another and how to live a successful life in this world. And we decide to disobey and reject. And now we're saying, why don't God step in and do something? Well, I'm here to tell you, God gave us a responsibility and we need to take a hold of our responsibility. He's not going to jump in and do this and do that and pull all the strings for us because he gave us free will. He gave us the power of choice. And because we make wrong choices, he's not going to step in and says, I'm going to control that. Because if God begins to control all of our actions, it's no longer free will. If he controls all of our decisions, it's no longer free will. And now we become puppets and robots. And God don't want to be with puppets and robots. God can't have fellowship with people that are puppets and robots. He can only have fellowship with people that choose to be like him. And people that decide this is who we are and what we will be according to your word. He can only have fellowship with people like that. Intelligent beings. We are the most intelligent things or people or beings, whatever you want to call us, that God created. God cannot have fellowship with anything but us. He made us like him. And because he made us like him, in order for us to have relationship with him, we have to now get on a level of of, of spirituality and righteousness to have that fellowship. It's up to us. God is not putting our arms behind our back and say, you better do. Because if he does, we are no longer living according to free will. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. So all the time we're wishing and hoping and, 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 and saying, what kind of God is he? Why don't he step in? What you are saying is, I don't want to have free will anymore. A little something God dropped in my spirit this morning while I was ministering. We are born into sin. That's what the Bible says. We're born into sin. And Satan made us accustomed to bondage. And so, because we, from an early stage of our life, become accustomed to bondage and sin, we have become accustomed to being controlled. Anybody that try to control you don't love you. God could have controlled us if he wanted to. And nobody loves us like he does. And so the bottom line is, we have been in bondage for so long. That we cannot conceptualize or come to a place of understanding of what it's like to be free to do the right thing. We are at a place where the only way we can do the right thing is somebody got to control us to do the right thing. And God says, I didn't establish my laws and you to be that way. I established it so you could know it and choose to. And so because we are accustomed to bondage, we can't live for God. 
That's a prayer that somebody need to pray before you leave here today. That God, I've been accustomed to bondage. I've been accustomed to, to, to just being controlled by sin. I've been so accustomed to doing wrong and calling it right. I've been accustomed to living my way and how I want. That I don't even know how to live the way you want me to live by my choice. I don't know how to do that. Will you help me, Lord? We need to pray that prayer today before we leave here. Because that's a big issue for us. God loves you and he gave you free will and he's telling you, make the right decisions. But we won't make them. We'll rather just let the devil just do whatever he wants to do. Run roughshod, control our lives, and we say, well, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Also, what the father did that God does with us was this. Sometimes in order for you to really come to a place to understand who really loves you. You have to let people go. To get to a place of knowing if people love you or not. And I ain't talking about y'all that's married. You're married, you better make it work. Don't get me started about that. But, but when you're talking about whether it's a dating relationship or just other kind of relationship, and even in family relationships, you try so hard to show people how much you love them, and they're not just, they're not believing that. They're not responding in the right way as you're loving them. And sometimes what you have to do is just, all right, you know I love you. I don't know what else to do to let you know I love you. And so you got to let them go sometimes and go experience what they think is love that's not really love. And what, what the father did to that son was he allowed him to get the inheritance and go because the father knew, you're mine. You came from me. Nobody's going to love you more than me. I know that for sure. But if you think you can find a place in life where you will experience love deeper and stronger and more powerful than the love I have for you, by all means, go ahead. And that's what God has allowed. That's why some of us, have experienced the lows of the low and stay in mess for so long because what you did was you chose to go and find happiness someplace else outside of God. And God knows you cannot be happier outside of him than you can't be um, happy outside of him. Your happiness will be in God, not out of God. So God knows that. And so he allows us sometimes to go and stray and go do all the stuff that's in our heart that's ungodly because that's the only way we're going to come to our senses and realize I better go live for God because my best of days, I said this to you all not long ago, my best of days in the world that I thought I enjoy cannot compare to the worst of days I had as a Christian. Y'all might not believe that, but I'm telling you a fact. And so the father allowed him to go and, and, and do his thing and didn't stop him because he wanted him to learn the difference between a loving father and a world that will crush you. The world will crush you, church. It only wants what it can get out of you. It will suck you dry. And when it's done with you, it says, next. Whatever happened to so-and-so, the world sucks crushed their soul, and said, next!
living life according to our will and desires is riotous, foolish, temporary satisfaction with a destructive ending. The things outside of the father's house look so appealing. People seem so free and seem to be having such a great time, but the end thereof is destruction. Jesus loves you, church. Nobody loves you like Jesus because you came from him. Nobody hates what comes from them. If you do, something is wrong with you. You came from the Lord and nobody can love you more than he does because you came from him. Lord, help us. The Lord cares so much for us. He loves us so much, so much that we can't even comprehend the love that he has for us. The world don't love you. The world only want what you can give to it. Can I tell you this? I won't keep you much longer. Let me tell you this. Mr. Parker, this is interesting. Typical kids. Can you give me my inheritance so I can take it and go do what I want to do with it? Kids. It's his inheritance. You only work for that? That was his dad's stuff. Can you give me my inheritance? Did you give me something to hold for a little bit? Did you get me something? Did you say, here, dad, hold on to this for me, and I'll come back in about, you know, 15, 20 years, and you give it. Is that what happened? So the inheritance was really the kid's stuff, was really the father's stuff, not the kid's stuff. But somehow he had the nerve to go to his daddy to say, give me my inheritance. Like he earned something. And the Lord just had to bring to our attention, let us realize, church, I said it with fire this morning. Maybe I'm not saying it with enough fire today. Maybe the Lord didn't want y'all to be so, didn't want me to be so fired up like this morning. I was fired this morning. But let me tell you what he dropped in my spirit. And I said, oh my God. I said, isn't that just like us? God blesses us with talent. God blesses us with finance. God blesses us with blesses us with gifts, blesses us with life and all that stuff. And we take it and go do whatever we want with it. Was it yours to begin with? Did, did you make yourself live? Did you give yourself life? Did you give yourself talents and gifts or did it come from God? But we take it and we want to live how we want. We want to do whatever we want. And it, uh, to begin with, it was never ours. This story about this prodigal son is so, if we had dug enough into it, we would realize it's talking about us. You know how we can sometimes read a story or hear a story and we think that, ah, well, that's not really talking about me. That's the prodigal son. Church, this story is talking about every one of us. It, it identifies with every one of us. Every one of us who will read the 
this story can be affected by this scripture because we all have something to do with what's listed here. Psalms 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It means God owns everything and you don't own anything. But somehow we take life to think it's ours. Somehow we live life and want to do whatever we want because we think it's ours. But my question to you today is, who gave you life? My question to you today to you is, where did the gift that you have come from? Where did life come from? Where did the gift come from? I know we're walking around like it's ours. My life. I can do whatever I want to do with my life. Is it yours? How did you come about it? Huh? How did you come about it? My life. We got to open up our eyes and realize that we don't really own anything. The Bible says, Job says, naked I came into this world, naked I'm going out. You not getting buried with your nice car. You not getting buried with your nice house. You not getting buried with your bank account. You not getting buried with nobody else. So the person that you idolize and love so much, they not being in that casket with you. The suit that you have on in the casket, you won't even know. The nice dress you got on in the casket, you won't even know. Nothing belongs to you. You came into this world with nothing, and you're leaving out with nothing. What you do have is the choices you make. What you do have is the choices, the decisions that you make. That's what you have. Decision and choices is what you have. You don't have nothing else. Nothing else. Do you understand that? I, I see some of you brain working like, hold on, hold on. You try to figure out how can I say that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Josiah, they try to figure out how can I say that? Do your research and come back and let me know if I can say it. I mean, I know I can say it, but I'm just saying it's legit. We don't have anything. So everything that we walk around strutting our stuff about, like, oh, look at me. When we follow our heart, it will lead us astray and away from the Father's house and deep into sin. I know we like to do our thing. I know we feel like, you know, this is what's right for us. But church, we need to check with God and ask him, is what I'm feeling right? Is what I want to do right? Because I'm telling you everything you feel may not be right. Can I show it to you a little bit in scripture? In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know the heart? If you read further, it says, I, the Lord, knows the heart. He's the only one that knows the heart. You don't even know what's in your heart. You're not qualified to judge your heart. You don't know what's in it. But the Lord Jesus is the one that knows the heart. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19 says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies. 
James chapter 1 verse 13 says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Watch this. Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Selfishness leads us away from the Father's house and causes us to sin. All of us will serve something or someone. All of us will serve something or someone. When you work on your job, you're serving yourself because you need to earn. You will serve something or someone. When you serve the Lord, you are serving the Lord. You can't treat yourself like the Lord can treat you because you don't have um, unending resources. The devil can't treat you like the Lord treats you because he's just evil and wicked. The neighbor or the, 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 the company that you work for can't treat you like the Lord will treat you. So my suggestion to you today is serve the Lord in everything. Even on your job, when you are nice to someone, you do it unto the Lord. The Bible says in Colossians, I think, 3.17, in all that we do, in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. It means that we need to do everything according to unto him. That way we know when we do it unto the Lord, there's a great reward. The prodigal son waited until his life was ruined and a mess before he realized he needed the father. Church, can we just learn from other people? Why do we have to repeat what others have done? Can we just look and say, I learned my lesson. Or do we just have to, oh, let me go through my own stuff. Really? Really? Sin is destructive. And when you allow sin to take a hold of you, it will destroy you. Listen to this quote. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And sin will cost you more than you want to pay. I'll give it to you again. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And cost you more than you want to pay. If you've ever been entrapped by sin... Remember how it started. I know this might not be right, but just, 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 just this one time. I'm, this is not something I'm going to be doing all the time. I just need to do this because I just need to do this. And before you know it, you start doing worse than you thought you would do. Because sin takes you further than you wanted to go. So you only wanted to do this, but sin made you do this. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. You thought, I'm not staying into this. I'm leaving this. I'm not doing it. I'm not messing with him. I'm not doing it. Okay. Three months, six months, years go by. You find yourself in a bad situation that you thought you would have left one month ago. Because sin keeps you longer than you want to stay. And then your life starts suffering. Sickness coming in your body. Finances getting messed up. But you're still there. And you're spending what you didn't think you would spend because sin will cost you more 
than you would willing than you were willing to pay. Don't mess with sin. You need to leave sin alone. And sin don't always mean you're going to go and rob the bank. Don't mean you're going to be drinking and getting drunk. Don't mean you're going to be smoking marijuana and getting high and abusing your body. It just means sometimes you just want to do what you want to do. Because that's where it starts. I'm just going to do me. Just, just leave me alone. Can I just do my thing? You know what your thing will do? Take you further than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. Cost you more than you can afford. That's what your thing will do. You don't know that because we just read, read the heart is deceitful above all things. Didn't we just read that? So where are we? Because we don't own anything. Life is not what we make it out to be. The best way to live life is in Christ because he has all the answer. Because he was the one that established all of this. Jesus Christ established all of this. And he has the answer to all of this. Trying to do this without him doesn't make any good sense. Why would I take a test without the answers when I can take the test with the answers? And not cheat because it ain't cheating. God has given us the answer. It's a matter of do we want the answers or we don't want the answers. For all the tests you have taken in your life, wouldn't you rather if you had the answers and you can put all the answers down and you weren't cheating? Well, we live in this life saying, I don't need the answers to this test. I got this. And we're failing miserably because we're trying to do it without the answers. Failing miserably because we're trying to do it without the answers. Here we go. Five more minutes and I'm done. In all of our mess, God still extends his grace and his mercy to us. In all of our mess. That's how good God is. When we say he's good, that's how good he is. In all of our mess, in us telling him, give me my stuff so I can go. In all of our mess, I don't like the church because there are too much rules in it. In all of our mess, just let me do me. I can live for God and still be saved. All of our mess, just trying to do what we want to do. He's still extending his grace and mercy to say, you're wrong, but let me help you. And the prodigal son, his heart, he started feeling in his heart that God's grace and mercy was being extended to him. And then he started feeling sorry for what he had done. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7 and 10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to repent it of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. And so when he started feeling bad that he had offended God and sinned against God, his daddy in that case, in our case, is the Lord, then he realized, i got to get it together. The grace and the mercy of God was extended to him. The Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse 20, the same text that we read earlier, and he arose because the grace and mercy is always out there. The grace and mercy of God is always extended to us. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Church. The Bible says he arose. And say, I got to go. I got a whole lot there I can say. I'm not going to finish. 
when you are away from the father's house, you're not in your right mind. Hear me closely. When you are away from the father's house, you are not in your right mind. If you look at, I think it's um, 15 and 17, Sister Patrice. I think it's 15 and 17 when it says, and when he came to himself. That is a clear indication that while he was away from his father's house, he wasn't in his right mind. When he was away from his father's house, he wasn't thinking straight. When he was away from his father's house, he was making terrible decisions. But the Bible says he came to himself. You know how he came to himself? The grace and mercy was extended to him. And this is how you know he came to himself. This is how you know. He said when he was in the pig's pen and he was hungry and all his boys were gone that was spending up the money with him, they gone now. They going to the next boy with the, that got money. That boy right there, he broke now. Let's find another homeboy that got some money because he broke. And so they gone. He hungry, starving, nothing. And he finally said, as the grace of God, and usually the grace of God comes to you when you're by yourself. That's when you really start paying attention. And he said to himself, Shirley said, you know what? The servants in my daddy's house, the servants in my daddy's house are living better than me. Look how I'm living. Now that make a whole lot of sense to me. That make a lot of sense that you are realizing that you are eating out of a pig pen and the servants in your daddy's house is eating better than you, living better than you. And he made this statement. I would rather go back to my father's house and be a servant, not a son anymore. I will be a servant because my life will be better being a servant in my daddy's house than me in my situation in this world. It's so clear, church. It's so clear. But you only can make that decision when you come to your senses. Only when you come to your senses, you realize the importance of being in God's house, how important it is than doing what you want, being where you want, and doing what you want. Only when you come to your senses, you can see that. If you're not in your right mind, you can't see it. You still think that, oh, I just got to do what I got to do. And you come up with all these excuses as to why you're behaving the way you are. And you don't know because you're not in your right mind. The Bible says that he came to himself. Let's stand. He came to himself and he arose and went to his father's house. Now, let me say this to you. You can hear the word of God constantly. You will even feel God touching your heart because that's his grace and mercy reaching you. But you still have to get up and do something. If you're going to make it back to the father's house, you're going to have to get up and go to the father's house. You can't just say, oh, God, I'm so sorry. This is why, hear me now, people that pray what we call the sinner's prayer are, cannot be saved because you didn't do anything. You can't, you can't get up and say, Oh, God, thank you for your grace and mercy and do nothing. What what just happened? Thank you for your grace and mercy. Oh, Father, forgive me. Forgiveness, repentance is about an action. It's not about what you say. You know how many times people say stuff and don't mean it? You know how many times we say stuff out of our mouth just because we feel bad we got caught? So that can't be how you repent. 
Repentance must mean you acknowledge what you have done wrong and then you get up out of it and move towards going and doing the right thing. And so that's where we drop the ball many times is we hear the word and we says, well, that's a good word. Boy, that word speak to my heart. But we never move. We never go and do anything about it. We never act on the word, which means we remain in the same place we were even before we heard the word. Because when we hear the word, it needs to move us to action. Will you now leave where you are spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and come to the Father's house? Now that you have heard the word, And you know the father is waiting for you. The father has outstretched arms waiting for you. Come on, come on, come on. When you left, he didn't try to stop you. He let you go hoping that you will come to the place of understanding that he was the best thing that ever happened to you. And he's the best thing that can ever happen to you. And you better off in his house than where you're going. And from the moment that prodigal left, the daddy was watching out. Where is he? Is he coming today? Where is he? Is he coming today? And the daddy was watching because the Bible says when he was coming, the daddy saw him afar off. Listen, for a man that accomplished many things, why will he see him come afar off? You would think he would be a busy man. He's not sitting around waiting for no son to come. That That's ungrateful. You know, why would he be sitting around on the porch looking for the ungrateful son? No, he would have been busy. No, God wanted us to see how he is. And that's why this text is in the scripture. He wanted us to see how he is, that when we leave, he go looking, and he's looking. Where are you? Are you coming back? Where are you? And he's looking, and he's searching. Are you coming back? Because I, I don't want you to stay out there and ruin yourself. I don't want you to stay out there and just kill off yourself. I want you to come home. See, that's how God is. Come home. And the Bible says the, the father saw him afar off and ran to him. And he ran over there, and he hugged him. He hugged his neck. He kissed him. He had compassion on him. Let me tell you something. When you begin to just begin to repent to God and say, forgive me, God is saying, you are already forgiven. Before you even said the first word, forgive me, God says, you are forgiven. As he was saying, Father, I sinned against you and I sinned against heaven. As he was saying that, guess what? Did you notice when he says, Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven? I don't know if you read it carefully. I read it carefully. While he was saying that, guess what the father's response was? Yeah, son, you messed up. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're back, though, because, whew, you you messed up, and, you know, we were worried about you. Your mom and I was worried about you. That is what the, the father did. While he was saying I messed up, the father said, bring the robe. He's talking to daddy. Daddy's not talking to him. Daddy said, bring the best robe and come put it on my boy. He never got into what he did wrong, how it went. He said, bring the best robe. He didn't want to know nothing about how bad was his life, what was going on in the pig pen. He said, bring the best robe. That's the kind of God we serve, that if we will come to him in repentance, he's not worried about what you did. He's not trying to condemn you about what you did. He is saying, just come on in. Just come on in. Bring the best robe. And he put the robe on him. He put a ring on his finger. And guess what? The boy didn't even have shoes on. He put shoes on his feet. He says, because my boy, he was lost. 
now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. I am not worrying about all that transpired. All I'm worried about right now is getting him restored. All I'm worrying about right now is to get him strengthened again. All I'm worried about now is to get him back in right relationship with his family. That's all God is worried about for us, is that we get back in right relationship with him and our brothers and sisters. Don't matter how long you've been gone from the Father's house. Come back to the Father's house. Come back to the Father's house. His grace and his mercy has been extended, and it's out there. It's just out there. It's, it's just out there. If you would just respond in obedience and in faith to the grace and the mercy of God, God will really touch your life in a special way today. Come to the Father's house. 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 All you have to do is make that decision to say, I want to give my life to God today. I want to be saved. I want to truly repent of my sin and be right with God again. Come on, let's lift our hands and let's begin to pray and ask God to forgive us. We know what's in our heart. We know what we've done. We know how we've offended God. We know how we have just gone in the way that we want. But God has been good to us. He has never said any bad thing about us. He is not trying to condemn us. He is just wanting to... For us to come in relationship with him. Come into relationship with the family of God. Church, I'm here to tell you God is pulling on you. I feel the pull of God. I feel like God has spoken to somebody today to say, you see, you thought you was away from me. See, you thought just everything was just the worst that it could ever be. But I've sent a man to preach my word to you so you know that I have called you to the house of God. That I have kept you even in your drudgery, even in your sin, even in your degradation, and even in a place where you were just living riotously. God says my grace and mercy has always been extended to you and now I've come to say, will you come home? Will you come home? Will you come home to me? Will you come into the house to be with me? To be with your family? To be with your brothers and sisters and to experience the blessing things of God like you've never experienced before. Somebody hear the voice of God. Come home. Come home to Jesus. Come home to Jesus. Take a step forward today. Don't just hear the calling of God and stay where you are, but hear the calling of God and get up and says, in my father's house, servants are living better than how I'm living here out in the world. Servants live better in the Father's house than how I live in the world. God, help us today. Save us today, Lord God. Save us, Almighty God, from ourself, Lord God. Save us from ourself, Almighty God. For, Lord, we have been ignorant. We have not been in our right mind. We've made poor decisions, Lord God. We've gone in a way of unrighteousness and sin and the world. But, Lord, we're coming home. We're coming home. We're coming home, Lord Jesus. Will you hear us today? day, Lord God, and deliver us and heal us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and cleanse us from all sins, almighty God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Somebody hear the voice of God today. Hear the word of God today and make a decision and follow through with it. Oh, yes, Lord. 
If you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you'd like to do so today, why don't you come forward? If you've never given your life, you've never surrendered to God, if you've never been born again of the warden of the Spirit, why don't you come forward today? And if your life has been in turmoil, if your situation has been poor, why don't you come today and let me pray for you, that God will heal you, that God will restore you, that God will set you free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, give him praise today. Give him praise today. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. The Lord is worthy of all the praises and all the honor. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> Let me tell you, this song always ministers to me because it is the epitome of this story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son. The prodigal son did whatever he wanted to and his daddy was still faithful. The prodigal son was disobedient and daddy was still good to him. The prodigal son went and did whatever he wanted to do and daddy still remained faithful to say, you want to come home, son? You come home. I am telling you, God has been good to us. He has never failed us. He will never fail us. God has been good to us. And all we need to do is just trust him and follow him and do what he wants us to do because it's the best thing that can ever happen to you. Father, bless this church and your people. Touch them in a special way that when they go from this place today, they will never be the same again. Bless their families, their goings and comings. Let the peace of God that passes all understanding rest upon them. Fill their home with your joy, Lord God. And more than anything else, bring them into right relationship with you. That they will trust you. That they will serve you and fellowship with you all the days of their life. And dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. Thank you for being here. God loves you. Happy Father's Day. I believe my wife says she has some Father's Day gifts over here to the right. So all the fathers, before you leave, please pick up your Father's Day gift over here. We want to let you know we appreciate you. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day.